up in church. This is good. It's good. 2023. Haven't seen y'all since last year. Uh, there it is. There it is. It's only been a few days, right? Only been a few days. Yet, something's changed, right? Like, we know it's just a calendar. We know it's just some days flipping, but... It does feel in a way that everything that happened in 2022 was part of a different chapter and that we've started something new, that everything that goes from this point forward will be part of a, a different thing, that there's something that actually happens when the calendar changes. And it's not actually just a man-made concept. Uh, calendars aren't just made by Walmart or whoever makes them. And uh, it's not just an idea to, to get us to, you know, it's not random. If you go all the way back to the beginning of time, God actually says there's something to marking the seasons. There's something to counting and knowing where you are in terms of history. Back in Genesis, we're told that God made the stars and the sun and the moon so that man would learn how to govern the days, that we would know how to track the seasons, that we would know where we are in history. This is actually something God ordained that we would mark the passing of time. And there's actually something significant about that um, that it's important to God that we know what time it is. Isn't that interesting? That God says that it's really important for you to know that this year is not last year. Oh, that's interesting. That He put that there so that as the sun would come up and you know the, the moon or we know however it works. You know, you get what I'm saying. Sun doesn't move. We move around it. All right. Yeah. Whatever. All that stuff. Science. Um, but here's the thing. Like, there's something to marking those days. And as I sit here, this is, I can't, this is the 12th uh, New Year's Day or New Year's service that we will have that I will share uh, with LifeTree. That's a, that's a long time. That's a dozen. That's crazy. Um, and every year at this service, what we do is we dedicate this time to sort of reorienting ourselves in a new year to say, okay, you know, what should we be expecting in the year to come? Um, we call ourselves Life Tree Community Church, right? Life Tree comes from Psalm 1, says that the godly are, are like trees planted by streams of living water, right? We bear fruit each season, that our leaves never wither, and that we prosper in all we do. It's the idea that we're, we're like we're this life giving tree. And uh, I, part of that tree, that, you know, metaphor is knowing that trees have seasons, right? We've talked about this, we talk about it all the time. Um, it, it leaves. No leaves, you know, grows. I got trees growing in our yard, various stages. Some trees we planted, some I got from, from Tim's. You know, we've got, we've got trees in the yard, some, you know, just they've got some, some way before me. You know, we got an oak tree in our yard. I don't know, the thing is 75, 80 feet tall. It's huge, it's huge. A lot of acorns, a lot of acorns. Oh man, a lot of leaves. Um, but they're nothing right now, they're all gone because there's seasons and there's seasons to life. And so what we do every year at this time is we pause to ask this critical question, which is this, what season are we in now? If there's something to the changing of seasons, and if God says, I want you to pay attention, well, we know that we're coming out of a season and we're coming into a season. So the question we always pause at the beginning of the year is saying, what season are we coming into? Last year was a season of confident hope, if you remember that. We talked about confident hope and all that stuff, and that's over. No more. No more hope. Just take it and throw it out. Now, it doesn't mean that hope's not going to be present anymore. Hope should continue to grow. Uh, that hopefully we talked about this last week. If you missed it, we did. We shared stories of how God had, in our own lives, uh, just 
planted hope and have hope had grown through a variety of situations circumstances. some of you shared about that if you missed go watch it it's great um, that'll continue to be present but all it means is that now we need to set our expectation on something else doesn't mean hope goes away but we no longer set expectation on just looking for hope that there's something new um, that God wants us to put our expectation on and that was our theme for uh, 2020 something new see it's still sticking with us something new see it just continues to to go that we need to now tune our ears to a new sound right our eyes to a new sight and our, our pay attention to something so the process how does this happen like where do these themes come from there's a book i, I get it farmer's almanac for pastors and you just look at it and it tells you exactly what the theme is going to be for that year now what happens is it's a collaborative process uh, among the leadership of the church um, our staff and our executive leadership team, which is our board, our elders and our deacons, our trustees, we take time and we, we talk. We take, back in the fall, we take time, we, we just sort of reflect on, on the year that was, on 2022, as we're coming to the end of it there. And we just say, what, what has God been doing? What has God been doing in our church? And what's he saying to us? And what might he be saying that we're, you know, ahead of us? You know, and, we, and we talk and we pray and we listen and we wonder and we just sort of... Consider it. We let it marinate for a little bit. And after those conversations, our staff then, uh, the pastoral, the, the staff takes about three days away. And we go and we leave. We get out of Dodge. And we get out of town. And we just go and we, we shut off phones as best as possible. And we just try and we, we just lean in and say, okay, God, we've got all these things that we've been talking about. Help us understand. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, Help us understand exactly what it is that you're saying to us now. What are you saying in this new season? Um, and typically, uh, we, we argue about it for a while. <laughs> no, we talk and we wrestle and we think, eh, is that it, is that it, is that it? And we kind of like, like buzzards, you know, just circle, circle, circle until we're like, God, there it is. Uh, but, it's not, but we're not buzzards because it's not dead, it's alive. Um, so anyway, we typically come away with a word or a phrase or something like that. And tonight, I'd like to share with you what we feel, what we sense God revealing that 2023 is going to hold for us. So I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. And I had the page number in mind. If you have the Bibles there, seats. I cannot remember what it is, so I will look at it here in a minute. Ephesians chapter 5. But it'll be on the screen as well, so if you don't want to follow along, you can just see it. Now. 706. Thank you. There we go. 706. I'm too slow at that. There you go. 706. Now, in this, the Apostle Paul is writing uh, a letter, and he's writing a letter to churches. Uh, it's, it's titled to the church in Ephesus, but it might actually not have been just to them. This was most likely a, a letter that would have been circulated among other churches. So this would have been passed from just a bunch of different churches. And uh, so this was just a letter for the church at large, which is why we can read it that way, almost as if it was written to us, because it was just written to churches, not anybody in particular. <coughs> But what he was writing it to was a group of people um, in every church that perhaps didn't grow up in faith. People that were not coming from a traditional faith background. And he's describing how followers of Jesus are to live out new, this new faith in that same old world that they're living in. How do you live that out? And the first portion of the letter, Paul calls upon the people to commit themselves to unity. You read the beginning of Ephesians, it's really about unity. That's the whole thing. We're one church. God's got one people that were supposed to be one heart and one mind. It's just this, this unified thought. Hey, as new people of God, understand this, supposed to be, be together. And then the second part, he addresses this idea of, of purity. One, be together. But two, as you're together now, you should live holy. You should live pure. 
and how to live right in a God-honoring way in that same old world. And so that's what he's talking about. And, and that's where we're going to jump in on the second part of the letter. Not so much about this sense of unity, but now on the second part where he's talking about purity and, and how to live holy. So listen to what Paul charges the readers of this letter. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to pick it up in verse 10. Again, it'll be on the screen. He says this, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't live thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Let's take a minute and pray. Lord, I ask you, would you grant us the wisdom to understand what you're saying to us today? So, Lord, as we enter into a new season of our lives, seeking to live out our faith in this present-day world, we'll know what we're supposed to do. Lord, would you grant us that today? In your name we pray. Amen. So Paul begins this charge uh, with, with this, very simply, two words. It says, carefully determine. Carefully determine. What he's saying is take time to figure out what pleases God? Pause. Like if I were to ask you to carefully determine your shoe size, you'd be like, eh, I don't know, about 10, 10 and a half, you know, whatever you'd say. Right? If I said, you know, carefully determine how much medication to give someone, you'd put a little more thought and energy into that. There was a family story about medication and dosing, and let me tell you, it matters. <laughs> It matters. Yeah, all I'll say is that three drops turned into three dropperfuls. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a hilarious story. Now. <laughs> In the moment, somebody had overdosed for a week. So it was bad. It was bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, carefully determine. Pay attention. So if God is saying carefully determine how to live, you should probably put some thought into this. He doesn't tell them, figure out what will make them happy. He doesn't say, carefully determine what's going to make you happy. No. He doesn't say, hey, carefully determine what the crowds are chanting for. Nope. Very clear. Carefully determine what will please, what will bring joy to, what will honor and glorify God. That's what he says. And he continues and he says, and, and as you're doing that, expose worthless deeds. When you know an action isn't right, says, shine a light on it. Be like, that ain't right. Call it out. Not right, not right, not right. If you know, or, it, and, and it's not only in, just for the record, this is not only in others, because that's initially how we hear this. Ooh, I get to point out, no, 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 no. Remember, you, you point one finger at you, you've got three coming right back at you, right? Here's the deal. If you are tempted to do something you know is wrong, you bring that out to light for yourself and say, no, this isn't right, I shouldn't. You expose worthless deeds so that you can see how unwise it would be to do that. Because light, that's what light does. It reveals the truth. Always makes the truth visible. Just take no part in them. Stop doing what's not right. Basically, enough. Enough. It's time 
to change. And then he comes to this really, really bold statement. He says this, wake up. Wake up. You can almost hear his tone. His voice is certainly raised. You don't read that like in a quiet whisper. It's not like, oh, wake up. <laughs> it's not like your grandmother wakes you up. You know, wake up. It's not a calm tone. This is like your you know, annoyed mother wakes you up. Wake up. Right? It says there's an urgency in his words. He is simultaneously uh, demanding and pleading. It says, wake up. Wake up. There's an urgency in the voice. Paul transforms into this divine alarm clock. He's a holy rooster. Right? There are lots of ways to be woken up. Listen, lots of ways to be woken up. The experience of being woken up really depends on who or what does the waking. Right? Like, you're, you're dead asleep, and all of a sudden you hear that chip, 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 your fire alarm somewhere in the house. Right? Just, ah, uh, right? You get up, and you're, like, annoyed. You're like, no, oh, no, I don't want to go searching for batteries right now. I don't know which one it is, and you, it's, it's annoying, right? That, or if you hear a strange sound, I don't know if anybody, if you're one of those, right? Yeah, I heard something. You were dead asleep. How did you hear something? I heard something. You hear a sound, right? Or uh, baby crying in the middle of the night and you just hear that, eh, <laughs> I don't want to get up again. Right, you hear baby crying. It the experience of being woken depends on what's doing the waking, right? At a certain age, nature calls. Too much coffee, gotta get up, this part of life already. Right, here's what's gonna happen, it's three o'clock every time. Maybe you had a bad dream when you woke up. Maybe your snoring spouse wakes you up, you know, and it doesn't snore, it's okay, I'm not saying, that's not saying. But, but maybe some of you have, you know, snoring spouses, and they wake you up, I don't know what it is. Now, I'm not a morning person. Okay, here's the deal, I'm not holy at all. I know very holy people, they get up in the morning. They get up early to pray, they're super spiritual, they are committed and dedicated and disciplined to get up early, my brain's not functional before 10 a.m. <laughs> Does not happen. You call me in the morning, I can talk to you, I take no responsibility for what comes out of my mouth. I've never enjoyed the early hours. It's probably trauma I have from my childhood, okay? My dad used to wake me up in brutal ways. He would come in, you know, turn the lights on, just flick them, just stand there. Stop, you know, covers over the head, and he would just sit there. Then he got better, he would sing this birdie song. If anybody knows the birdie song, it goes like this. It starts way down low on the whole thing, but it goes way up in the sky. The big birdies fly. Come down in the nest. The little birdies rest. Should I keep going? Yeah. yeah. The bright sun comes up. The dew goes away. Good morning, good morning, the little birdies say. Yeah, every day. Dad was saying that once again. That was great. Then he put the dog on the bed. In my face, the dog wet the bed once on me. He thought that was great. That was hilarious. He would pour water slowly, like, on top of my head. I mean, I'm telling you, it was trauma. My dad, would, he was brutal, trying to get me up. Whoever you are, wherever you are in the morning, then there's nothing like being awoken by an emergency. You get a phone call. Oh, no. There's, there's this... You, there's those moments almost burned into our minds when you get woken up in early, uh, and, and there's somebody on the other end of the line, it's serious, oh no. Like all of a sudden you wake up in a hurry. It's like smelling salts, like you are awoken, right? Um, or maybe somebody banging on the door. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, what? Like it, 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 there's nothing, your mind races, you're trying to grasp what happens. There's, there's this sense of like, oh my gosh, there's, and I'm just trying to paint a picture here. There's all different ways to be woken up. And it's that sense of urgency here that Paul is saying, hey, wake up. 
This isn't like a gentle wake-up call. This isn't like an annoying wake-up call. This is like a something is happening. You need to be up for this. It's a feeling you'll never forget. And then with that in mind, consider this. It's not Paul saying it. It's actually God through Paul saying, hey, you need to wake up. And if God says that we need to wake up, I have to imagine that it's in our best interest to get up. Right? It's, it's one thing for someone in your family to wake you up, but how different is it if, if it's God who's there shaking your shoulder saying, hey, get up, get up, wake up. As Paul continues here, his words are striking. He, he charges those sleeping. He doesn't say, hey, just get up from your slumber. He says, wake up from death. He says, wake up from death. He's not implying that the readers are asleep. He's, he's implying that those who are hearing this, that they're dead. He's, this is a resurrection. This is not just a, hey, wake up from this. You got your eyes shut. You are dead. He said, I'm calling you to rise up from the dead. What he's communicating is that those who are not living awake in Christ, that they are not living in the light of God's truth, that they are not merely asleep, but that they're dead. We're not groggy in our sin. We are dead in our sin. This is not a call for sleepy people to wake up, but rather a time for dead people to live. And I want to pause here because this is the word that we feel like God's speaking into our hearts concerning this year, that 2023 will be a year of awakening. It will be a year of awakening. That in this year to come, God is calling his people to wake up. That there's an urgency and a reason that God is saying it's time to wake up because something is about to happen. Again, God doesn't wake us up for no reason. He's not just playing like my dad did. He's not just messing with you. God is saying something's going to happen that you're going to need to be awake for. And it's important to recognize here that God is the one doing the waking. So many times we've looked back at the, the years of, of the themes that we've had for the, the seasons for the church. Right? Last year, some, you know, uh, confident hope in the year before that, good news, great joy, all people. Then something new in year of wonder and Jesus at the center, all these things we can go back. And it was interesting to contrast how many of those were things we did and how many of those were things God did. Okay? Year of wonder was something that we did. Year of Jesus at the center was something we felt like we were supposed to do. A year of uh, uh, something new, well, that was certainly something God was going to do. And again, this is one of those that this is not something that we can manufacture. It's not like a year for you to wake yourself up. No. This is a year where God will awaken us. So I'm just giving you advance notice. <laughs> Someone's going to be tapping you on the shoulder. He's going to be saying, wake up. And the question is, why... Why do we need to be awake? Aren't we already awake? Why do we need to wake up? Uh, I mean, like, I feel pretty awake. I feel like I'm pretty, you know, pretty alert. I'm pretty tuned in. And here's the thing. If you're asleep, you don't know it. If you're dead somewhere in your life, you don't know it. Until God puts his finger on that thing. On, until God speaks to that and says, hey, that needs to wake up. Maybe it's not just us, but parts of us. Places, perhaps it's your heart, perhaps it's other, your mind, your, who knows what it is. Here's the thing. Every year when we do this, 
we, we get the word, and we're like, this is the theme for the year. And we have no idea what it means. <laughs> we think we know, but we don't know, right? Case in point, something new. That was one of our favorite ones, right? God's going to do something new that was called COVID and a pandemic, and we're going to shut down church. Like, okay, that was something new, all right, God. Just, you were right, God. No, words were right. Words were right. Just didn't see that one coming, right? So many times we just don't understand what the words mean. Awakening. I don't have any, I cannot sit here and say this is what it's going to mean. I don't. I can share a couple of things, a couple of ideas, and I, I will share those in a moment, but I just want to preface this by saying it will be so much more than what I'm about to share. All I'm going to do is plant some possibilities of what it could be. But there's so much more that it could be because, again, if it's an awakening, I'm probably not awake to it. None of us are awake to this. This is going to be something God's going to do. With that said, here's a few things that God may awaken in us. Or one of the reasons God may be calling us to wake up. In this verse, Paul says, you know, don't live foolishly because there's a lot. And here's the thing for us. There's a lot of foolish living in our world right now. There's a lot of foolish living going on, and if we're not awake and alert, we can easily live just like that. There's a lot of people living in ways they shouldn't be living. Culture ebbs and flows, and rarely does it value what God does. The majority rarely values what God values, and as the current of our society constantly pushes us down the river, only those who are awakened can recognize what is good and what is right from what is leading to danger and leading to sin away from God. So, perhaps one of the reasons God is saying wake up is because the, the current of culture will continue to drift away from him. Because there's going to continue to be lots of people living foolishly. And God is saying, hey, wake up. Don't live like that. Secondly, Paul calls the days evil. It's an interesting thing, evil days. There's nothing inherently evil about a day. A day is a day. So what does he mean by evil days? And the only thing, the conclusion we can come to is that perhaps the things that are happening in those days will lead to harm, will lead to suffering, will lead to hurt. Be aware, be alert, because you are living in days that by their nature, because of what is happening at this time in history, because of what is happening in the world right now, these days will draw you away from God. The days themselves are, it's not so much evil, sun, you know, come up, moon, come, that's nothing. It's what happens in that day has the potential to push you in. There is nothing more dangerous than being distanced from God. Nothing, no greater harm. We live in a time where the natural course of life is going to lead us away from God. It's going to cause us to drift. And Paul is saying here, wake up. Don't let that happen to you. Wake up. These days are full of opportunity, Paul says. These days are going to be full of opportunity. So for us, we can set our expectation that God will present us with opportunities to seize Divine, eternity-changing moments all year long. This is my most exciting one here. That there are going to be opportunities in abundance this year. That we're going to be opened, our eyes are going to be opened to see things we've never seen before, to see opportunities we've never recognized. Perhaps these opportunities have been there all along, and we just never knew it. 
We never took advantage of it. And God is saying here, it will only be visible to those who are awake and living in the light. So I want to wake you up because there are going to be opportunities everywhere. Make the most of them. You don't make the most of opportunities if there's not going to be opportunities. There will be opportunities, therefore we can make the most of them. Set our expectation on this. Look for opportunities. There will be no shortage of times for us to capitalize on unique opportunities to bring light and life to people around us. This year, set your expectation that as God awakens you, there will be opportunities. Open doors don't stay open. We can't snooze on them. We can't be cavalier about it. We can't just be, eh, whatever. Make the most of those opportunities. Seize the moments. Thomas Edison said opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. <laughs> there will be opportunities. It doesn't mean it will be easy. But for those who are awake, you can make the most of that. So what? So what? Here we go. If God is going to awaken us, what do we do? Just sit here, bumps on a log, just waiting for God? Okay, God, wake me up. All right, wake me up. Here we go. Do we just wait? Do we keep sleeping until something happens? And that's where we come to the second part of our direction for this year. And you'll see that in the subtitle here. It's time to put our faith in action. God will awaken us and our response to that awakening will be down to put that faith in action. It's time to put our faith in action. It's time to put our money where our mouth is. It's time to go to speak, to try, to give, to step out, and put all the faith we have into action. If faith does not leave, lead to action, what good is it? If we have all this faith, God, I believe you can do all this stuff, and we don't do anything with it, what good is it? Again, we turn to Paul's words, make the most of every opportunity. The light of dawn reveals things. It exposes what is right and what is wrong. We're coming into a season where God will illuminate what is true and what is not. And it's going to leave us with a choice. We're going to be faced with a choice. God's going to awaken us. And when you are awakened, you get a choice. Will you get out of the bed? Will you get out of the grave? Or are you just going to keep doing what you do? Because you can be awakened and go back to sleep. You can roll back over and say, not today. I don't feel like don't have the energy to do those things. We're going to be faced with a choice. What will our response be to what we come to understand? God is going to call out, identify, and illuminate parts of you that have been dormant, that have been asleep, that you've not paid any attention to. And he's going to call you to awaken and to put faith in action. You will just, this is going to be a year of revelation. These are some big words. Again, I don't know a lot of it, but I'm just telling you, you're going to discover truths where you previously believed lies. That's what happens when you're awakened. There are lies that we believe presently in this room right now that in time God is going to illuminate our minds. We're going to be like, that wasn't true. Then what do we do about it? You're going to see things that you've never seen before. And what are you going to do with that? You're going to understand things that never made sense before. Awakening. And when you understand, you're going to have an opportunity to do something with that. 
You're going to perceive new thoughts you've never entertained. You'll be brought to a place of decision and you'll have an opportunity to do what is right in that moment. Not just to prove how good you are, but to truly participate in the incomparable good that God wants to do in this world. You are going to be given opportunities to do so much good this year. Because God says, I'm going to awaken you, make the most of those opportunities. But that means for us, we need to take that faith that we have, that God's the one saying it, that I have ability, I have agency to do something here. God, I'm going to put my faith in action. The world is stirring. That's the picture here. As the sun is coming up, this idea of awakening, it's the morning. I've never seen a sunrise, but I believe that's what they look like. <laughs> the first sunset, some golden there. The same to me. I mean, how can you tell? The sun coming up and this idea of motion, faith in action. So that's sort of the, that even in those early hours, there's motion. That as we are awakened, that we will put that faith in action. The world is stirring, the sun is coming up, and it's time to put our faith in action. Generations ago, a preacher by the name of Henry Harley uttered a statement that stirs my soul. He said this, the world has yet to see what God can do through a man totally yielded to him. The idea that we've yet to see what God can do through someone totally awakened. Not just, not, not just yielded, but awakened, fully aware of what God wants to do and says, and I will put all that faith in action. God, whatever you put in my heart, Our world has no need for the people of faith to live timid. They don't need our church or us as people of faith to be like, yeah, I believe, but my life looks functionally no different than yours. Because I just follow the same set of rules you do. I just say something different with my mouth. Those searching for truth who are hurting and lost and unsure about what life, what's true in this life, do not need a politically correct church. I'm not saying we're going to be offensive but they don't need us to just fit in. They need the loving, faith-filled, fully awake people of God to live out the truth in such a way that everyone recognizes the power of the Almighty God and the goodness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In a moment, we're gonna start our new year off by receiving communion. Before we do, I'd like to invite you to close your eyes. The band can come up at this time. I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes. We're gonna pray for just a moment. And right where you are, I just want to invite you at this time, would you search your heart? Right where you are, would you give God permission to awaken you? Right now where you are, just invite God to speak to the parts of you that have been asleep. Perhaps for a pretty long time. Say, God, I just want you to speak to me. Because here's the thing with awakening. Once those things have been awakened, just warning you now, you're going to be brought to a point of decision. Will you act? Asking God to awaken you is not safe. It is not safe in any way. But it's the truest, fullest, wisest, and most faith-filled decision you can make. If you will give God permission to awaken you, he will do it. Things will happen. I just want you to take that step. 
just want you to know that if you're going to pray, God, awaken me, just buckle up. He wants to do it. Something is coming, which we need to be awakened for. I don't know what it is. Our minds can imagine all sorts of things. I don't know that we'll ever understand it until the moment it happens. There could be multiple things that God wants to awaken us for. Whatever it is, I want to be one of those people that's got my eyes open. Able to perceive by the light of Christ exactly what's going on in the world around me. So that I know how to be loving. And I know how to be God honoring my life. That's the prayer. Lord, awaken me. Would you pray that prayer right now where you are? Lord, awaken me. Open my eyes. Speak to the dormant parts of me. Speak to the dead parts of me. Resurrect. Reveal. Lord, I invite you. I set expectation on the dawn of a new year. Until the moment you return, God, I will set expectation that you will constantly be awakening me day by day, moment by moment, that I will walk in your light, that ever-increasing light. It may just be a glimmer now. Your word tells us that the way of the righteous is like that first glimmer of dawn. And it becomes ever brighter until the full light of day. At this moment, we're in the very dark early morning hours of this year. We do not yet know what it will hold. But in time, as we walk in faith with you, God, there's going to be a moment where we're going to need sunglasses and so right. It's what it means to be awakened. God, would you awaken us? Lord, awaken me. God, what could you do through us fully yielded to you? But what could our families experience with us fully yielded to you? What could our neighbors and our friends and our co-workers and our classmates, how different would their lives be if we were fully yielded to you, fully awakened? Lord, we submit ourselves to you. We yield in this moment. God, we thank you for being the kind of God who refuses to let us lie dormant refuses to let us waste our days in insignificance. Thank you that we can make the most of these days. God, would you forgive us for the days we've spent sitting on our faith. The days we've willfully allowed our faith to be dormant. We all need your grace. You see who we were, who we are, and who we yet will be. Today we ask you and we invite you awaken us. Together we invite you to start and stir something deep inside us. May we understand the urgency of the hour. May we trust that if you are waking us, there's a reason. But may we be responsive people. May our faith be fully activated. May this year tell the story of faith fully engaged. May we not leave anything in the tank. And may that kind of faith-filled living shine a spotlight on your goodness and truth for the entire world to see. You're so good. 
going to go right into communion right now. If you have those communion elements in front of you, you can take it out. If you didn't receive it, please just raise your hand and our ushers will make sure that you get some right now. And if you didn't get it, just raise your hand. But communion symbolizes the great love of God, the greatest resurrection story in history. That God came to this earth in a body. The bread represents the body of Christ. That Jesus awakened something in all of humanity to the possibility. He awakened us to the possibility of a personal relationship with God. No longer through priests. No longer only in temples and for a few. But that every single person on the planet had access to God directly. We don't need a middleman. Because of Jesus, we've got direct access to the creator of the universe. Today, as we receive, we are awakened from our slumber and we give God our trust and we reach out to him. As we share this, we say, God, you have awakened me. Let's take a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this bread, Lord. It represents your body, Lord, that you loved us so much that you left the comfort of heaven. You left the confines, Lord, of paradise. You came to this broken earth because that's how much you love us. You came to awaken your people. But your light continues to shine in this world and continue to awaken us. We thank you that you refuse to leave us in the dark. How good you are. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's eat together. cup represents his blood, his sacrifice. This was action. This was the ultimate action. He didn't just promise to die for us. He did it. It's love in action. And today, as we receive, we respond by putting our faith in action. We commit to responding to his love for us by yielding ourselves to whatever he asks of us in the year to come. We are children of God and he is our savior. Let's take a moment and pray. God, this cup represents so much more than we recognize, even this moment. Uh, some of us have received communion for years and years and years, yet we still fail to grasp even a fraction of how much we're loved, of what your sacrifice truly meant for all of humanity. Lord, you didn't just say you did it. Lord, and as we receive this, may our commitment back to you be that we won't just remember what you've done for us, but that we will respond to what you've done by engaging our faith this year, that we will put our faith in action, we'll stop talking about things, and we will do it. We will do it. We thank you. You are good. It's in your name we pray. Let's drink. I'm going to invite our ushers to just prepare to receive our tithes and our offerings. We're going to close in just a moment. As they come, I invite you to stand. We're going to close with a song, a song of consecration. How good is our God?
encourage you, continue just to pray throughout this week, God. Awaken us. Awaken us. It's just one, one last prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. And thank you for, for the, the hope that you are filling us with and what will come. Lord, and from this past year, we know we can have confidence in you. That what you promise happens. Or that there will be opportunities aplenty in the year to come. As we commit ourselves to living holy, to being awake, to living right, to doing what we know is right, God, would you open our eyes to all that you're doing in the world around us. How good you are. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen.